December 1998. It's late afternoon and already darkness is falling. The brewery next door will be demolished next spring. The parliament itself will be built here at Queensbury House, directly across from Holyrood House. What the hell are we doing here? This is important, Inspector Rebus. Think so? We all need to know what the new devolved Scotland is going to entail for Lothian and Borders Police. We do. Derek Linford. Fast tracking up the greasy pole. Detective Inspector at 28. Practically desk-bound and positively glowing with love for the job. One day soon he'll be looking down on us all from the top job. Everything's going to change, Rebus. We're getting a new parliament whether we want it or not. We've done without one for 300 years. The second Duke of Queensbury was the architect of the Act of Union. If you'll all just step in here. Back in 1707, this is where Great Britain was invented. We're saving as many of the original features as we can before demolition. Like these fireplaces dating from the end of the 16th... Careful! (coughs) Heaven's sake. Gentlemen, let's go into the next room while the dust settles. That's it. I'm out of here. I don't know if I can handle the new Scottish Parliament collapsing even before it's built. (coughs) Yes, I should get back to my desk. (laughs) Oh, come on. Oh, my God, look! Everyone out. Clear the room. I accept for you, Linford. Safer at your desk. And nobody leaves the premises. What is it? I can't see. It's a body inspector. Real policeman's work. Quick now, and touch nothing! Rebus. Set in Darkness. Dramatised by Chris Dolan from the novel by Ian Rankin. Episode 1. Skull fracture. Killed him? Hold your horses, Inspector Linford. Early days. You've authorised the autopsy without informing me. Get it over and done with. You trying to leave me out, Linford? It's rich coming from you. You don't exactly have the reputation of a team player, Inspector Rebus. <clears throat> As I was saying, by the deterioration, our man died some time ago. Decades, I'd say. Eighties? Definitely after 78. Oh, we're a forensic expert now. Flare jeans, platforms, Rolling Stones t-shirts. That could be any time between Some Girls album t-shirt, released March 1978. <laughs> ah, he's no detective for nothing. It's no big deal anyway. I killed him from 20-odd years ago. Isn't going to lose anyone any sleep. Found on the premises of the new parliament. Don't you believe it. Bad omen, etc. Press will be all over it like a rash. How did he end up in a Queensbury House fireplace? A new parliament tainted with blood. DC Clark? Hello? Wondered if we could have a word. Uh, yeah. You don't know me? Sorry. Detective Inspector Linford. Oh, right. Sorry, sir. You don't even know my name. <laughs> and here was me thinking I'd made an impression. Listen, you don't have half an hour just now, do you? I was hoping to get away. I'm stuck in there all day. How about I take you for a coffee? Must be important. (laughs) I'm looking for some advice. From me? I'm working on the Queensbury House thing. You know, the cadaver found on the new parliament site. Thing is, 
I'm partnering D.I. Rebus. <laughs> Truth be told, I'm wary. The man has a reputation. He hones it carefully, sir. You see? You know him. Better than anyone, I'm told. Oh, I don't believe it. Nobody knows D.I. Rebus. Not even himself. That's the kind of thing I want to know. I'm not a snitch, sir. <laughs> no, of course not. I just need a few pointers on his way of working. That coffee. Too early for an aperitif instead. And we're in Civvy Street now. No need for the sir. Siobhan, isn't it? Toasted cheese. The most solitary of all meals. You don't see it on menus or invite friends round for a few slices. I could name you a hundred pubs in Edinburgh. But here I am. Suppose I could phone Sammy. I better not. What must I got round about the cheese on toast? You sure? It's fresh cheddar from the corner shop. I love the taste of that orange dye. I've eaten. And you'll never guess who with. Captain of Hibs. If only. Not that exciting. <laughs> Derek Linford. How did you know that? A policeman's brain. He's been saddled with me. Doesn't know me from Adam. Heard all the nasty rumours about me, but... What did you tell him? That you've got a policeman's brain. <laughs> oh, and all the nasty rumours. You're listening to the tape I gave you. Yeah, it's one of these modern beat combos. I still prefer the stones. You can hear every word Mr Jagger sings. If you don't like the Blue Nile, then you are officially old, sir. He's an arse. Linford, give him a chance. I think he's rather sweet. Sweet? <laughs> don't look into the eyes. <laughs> it's funny when you come over all fatherly. Watch I don't put you over my knee. Oh, careful, Inspector. These days I could have you off the job for saying something like that. What were you doing all afternoon, Kurt? Ah, don't give me that, Rebus. Waiting for lab reports. We'll know soon enough how Skelly died. Skelly? Oh, without a name, all we have is a skeleton. <laughs> Your talents are wasted, Dr. Kurt. Keep me posted. D.I. Rebus? What can I do for you, D.I. Linford? Wait till you hear this. There's another body at Queensbury House. You're kidding. Bit fresher this time. By all accounts, Roddy Grieve. Roddy Grieve. We'll take my car. I never learned that trick of climbing greasy poles. Linford clearly was the master. How come you got the call about this? One of us had to. Will everyone please put on hard hats? We'd passed the old shed yesterday at the new Parliament site. It was for the chop. Windows all smashed, door lying open. Roddy Grieve lay dead, surrounded by paint tins, bags of rubble and broken tools. Probably not the way he'd have chosen to go. Seen a crime guy's reckon his skull was bashed in. Just like the guy in the fireplace. There are no stab wounds here, though. He was running in my constituency. I'm in Dean Village. Congratulations. You know his mother's a famous artist, and his sister a 60s pin-up. Rings a bell, yeah. Tell me, Linford, just how many murders have you worked on? Is this where you pull the old I've seen more corpses than you've had hot dinners routine? I'm just interested. Now, how do we know it's Roddy Grieve? Because it looks like him. 
Sockles find identification in his wallet. But everyone knows Roddy Grieve, Scotland's first family. Rubbish. The Bruins are Scotland's first family. We're just getting in the way here. Let the boys do their thing. I'll give you a lift back. I don't bother. Oh, one wee thing, Derek. Siobhan Clark's a friend of mine. Anyone makes her unhappy makes me unhappy. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't think DC Clark would thank you for fighting our battles for her. Hurry back now, John. Identification was a formality, but Roddy Grieve, candidate for the new Scottish Parliament, was duly identified by his sister. My mother has a funeral home she wants to use. Should I give you the details? You realise we can't release the body yet? Do you know who my brother was? I think Inspector Rebus just met... Last thing the family needs is some jumped-up little jobs worth from the mortuary telling us what to do. D.I. Rebus doesn't work for the mortuary, Mrs. You're Linford, the one who phoned? Yes, ma'am. So, you're the organ grinder. He's the monkey. Roddy didn't have enemies. That's what they always ask on the telly, isn't it? Why don't you go home, rest... And we'll follow you out shortly. Investment analyst, Labour MSP candidate, high-profile family. What do you reckon? Not everyone was happy with Labour's selection process. Then again, it could just be a mugging gone wrong. Or a liaison. The boss has been on to me. Which of the many? Assistant Chief Constable Carswell. He wants to bring in a special team, something as big as this, hand-picked. And what did you say to him? I said he'd no need to worry, with me in charge. And when I said that D.I. Rebus would be assisting... Assisting? Well, he was a bit dubious about that. But I told him you'd be fine, that we're working well together. But with you in charge? Oh, come on, John. You know what the brass think of you. While we're enjoying this time together, I should let you know. I'm seeing Siobhan tonight. I'll have her home by 11. Honest. <laughs> Come in, Inspector Lindsay. Linford, ma'am. I was brought up in a house like this. Well, it was a cul-de-sac. And that, I imagine, is where the comparison between us ends. I'm not sure I like this one. What's his name? Monkey Man. D.I. Rebus, by name. And this one's the organ grinder. Ma'am? This is my mother, Alicia Grieve. Please sit. Thank you, Mrs Cordova. Oh, the boss man likes to think he does his research. I've never called myself by my married name, plain old Lorna Grieve. Sixties icon Linford, the model who summed up the age of Aquarius. You were on your husband's LP cover. Showing your age, Inspector? Yes, I was on one of Hugh's covers. Continuous repercussions by Obscura. Good name. After the camera Obscura. And Donald Camel. Who was born there, in the camera Obscura, wrote and co-directed the performance. <laughs> God. Mick in makeup. Oh, I was on the set. <laughs> Look, monkey man, the organ grinder hasn't a clue what we're talking about. Sorry, should I? I believe you have another son, Mrs Grieve. I might as well have none now. 
Alastair left these shores many moons ago. He doesn't stay in touch. Do you know where he lives now? Last we heard, the States somewhere. I don't want all that brought up again. It's okay, Mum. We all took Alistair's leaving hard. And now Roddy's gone. I still can't believe it. We had a sympathy telegram from Tony Blair. That's nice. I used it to light the fire. Oh. <laughs> Good to be in a proper restaurant for a change. <laughs> Let me guess. Overtime with Rebus will be in some old greasy spoon. Oh, a pub more like. He prefers the spit and sawdust ones. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it was funny being with a superior my own age. <laughs> Even if you do dress like my dad. <clears throat> so, how's the Roddy Grave case? That family of his. Mm. Bloody strange house. No paintings and books everywhere. The old days should be in a home, I reckon. Bit gaga. She's highly thought of. Her pictures go for a fortune. The faded beauty, Lorna. His sister, Lorna Cordover. God, don't call her that. I'd like to meet her. You've heard of her too. She seemed to hit it off with your bodyguard. My what? Rebus. Oh, ignore that. I'm like a substitute daughter. You think? Is something the matter? Oh, it's just... I've never dated anyone from work before. Dated? I mean, you know, go out for a meal, etc. <laughs> We're having dinner, Derek, that's all. It's no big deal. Well, thanks again, Derek. We'll get a taxi. Swing past yours first. I fancy walking. I don't think you should walk home alone. <laughs> I'm a police officer, remember? Pleasant walk over Waverley Bridge. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, a jumper. That's what could go wrong. Waverley Bridge. Should have known. DC Clark, assistance please. Waverley Station. He's a tramp. Vagrant, yes. This is Bag. There's irony for you. All your life's possessions in a Jenner's bag. You got extra gloves, officer? Yeah. You're one of D.I. Rebus's, aren't you? What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. Take it there was no ID on him. A dirty hanky and a few coins. Wash kit. Is that surprising? Clothes. Ragged, but clean enough. Radio, Reader's Digest, newspaper. What's that? Building Society Passbook. Well, there should be a name then. Mr. C. Mackey, address in the grass market. Least to die close to home. And how's Mr. Mackey's investment portfolio going? £400,000. <laughs> Drinks are on him then, eh? You're serious? This tramp, sorry, vagrant, is worth 400 grand. Hey, 
Everyone's got their knickers in a twist about the grief case. Reporters, public, government, top brass. D.I. Linford. Men upstairs seem to like you. John Eyre can be like a bull in a china shop. I'm counting on you to be a bloody good matador. So long as the bull's happy about it. Chief Superintendent Watson. You'd never think we'd spent so many happy years together. Happy? You've aged me. The press are desperate to link Roddy Grieve with the skeleton in Queensbury House. There's no connection. Well, except both were murdered in the same way in more or less the same place. Too many connections. Whoever killed Grieve, how did he get into Queensbury House at night? Security guard says he was there all night. Saw and heard nothing. My guess is he was sleeping in his warm little office. Maybe Grieve had a key or knew someone who did. So where do we go from here? You concentrate on the motive, sir. Find the murder weapon. I've got the contractors working there to carry an inventory. See if there are any tools missing. Good work, Linford. Sir? There were recent scuff marks on Greaves' shoes and dirt on the inside legs of his trousers. Maybe he climbed into Queensbury House. Why would a prospective MSP climb over the gate of his future place of work? Now you carry on, D.I. Linford. I'll be with you in a minute. Uh, right. Uh, no problem. What, John? I'm being sidelined. Linford's in charge. Either accept it or ask for a transfer. Miss your retirement due. This is probably the last case I'll handle. And I can't think of one with a higher bloody profile. And you don't trust me with it, sir. Wasn't it up to me, John? Bit of jealousy. Younger man speeding up through the ranks. Oh, aye. I've always been chasing promotion. Just this once, John. Play for the team. Sir. D.S. Wiley, step forwards. D.S. Ellen Wiley. Keen as mustard. She's going to have to be. She's on the mysterious skeleton case. And there's a long paper trail ahead. Just spoken to Mrs. Templewhite. She was an admin when this place was a hospital. She remembers building work. The whole basement was torn apart. Including the room where Skelly was found. The renovation went on from about late 79 to early 81, so far as she remembers. The right time frame, but doesn't narrow down what we already knew. Who were the contractors? Mrs Templewhite's trying to get the records for me. Good work, Ellen. Building trade. Personnel records will be a nightmare. Tradesmen move from job to job, often under the radar. But we need to get to the people who actually worked on that fireplace. Have fun. Yes, sir. Rebus. Found anything yet? Nope. Two murders in the same locus. Convenient, if confusing. You spoke to the site manager. Any missing tools? A few bits and pieces. Good. Right. Catch you later. You think all this is a waste of time, don't you? Yep. Could you explain why? Because it's all arse our elbow. We should be looking at the who and why. I reckon whoever killed Roddy Grieve knew what he was doing and that Grieve knew his killer. It wasn't by chance he was here. Those are our starting points. Here end of the lesson. Watch. Wallet. Fountain pen. Glasses. If you could just check that's everything your brother had on him, madam. And how would I know what he had on him? Sign here? 
Miss Grieve, I heard you were here. And you've come to tell me you can release my brother's body, I hope. I'm sorry, not yet. I thought I might take the opportunity to... To make her family's life even more difficult than it is. We want to find who did this to Mr Grieve. Carry on. Shall I walk you to your car? Can you tell me anything about what happened the night your brother was murdered? I made a statement. And how would I know anyway? We're all grown up now. I noticed. Your brother lived alone? So far as I know. But he was married? They split up. Oh, a long time ago. Billy Collins. Billy with an I-E. Collins is her maiden name. I've no idea if she took Roddy's name. Or if she remarried. No idea. Do you know where she lives these days? They're somewhere in Fife, I believe. They? She and Roddy had a son. Peter, not grieve, but grief. Ring any bells? No. Should it? A pop group. Punk or grunge. Something unlistenable to the Robinson Crusoes. Peter's one of them. Never heard of them. Some of your younger colleagues might have. Ouch. Look, I have no idea who killed Roddy Inspector. But I do know that the selection process for parliamentary candidates gets pretty brutal. Old Labour versus new. Over-ambitious new kids on the block. Who stood against your brother? Uh, Gwen Mollinson. Um... Archie Ewer? Oh, and Sarah Bone, I think. Archie Ewer? I've heard of him. Roddy mentioned him a lot. Archie Ewer's been in the party for yonks. He's been a devolutionist from the beginning. Then along comes Roddy and snatches his birthright. I wonder, how did you vote in 79, Rebus? Classified information, ma'am. 1979. The first devolution vote. Back in the days when I was a married man. Rona, with her vote yes stickers everywhere, on the fridge, the car windscreen, even the flask she used to make up for me for work. For Rona, devolution was just a step towards independence. She was devolving from me. Me, wearing that Scotland says no badge, just to scun her. In the end, I didn't vote at all. She got her personal independence, and I've never voted since. C. Mackey. The C stands for Christopher. Well, that's one problem solved. Mr. Mackey opened the account in March 1980. And the opening balance was £430,000. Correct. After that, just the odd minor withdrawal and annual interest. How did he transfer the money? In cash. In a briefcase. And that didn't set any alarm bells ringing for you? Well, naturally. But uh, this was 20 years ago, DC. Clark. We weren't under obligation to notify the police in such circumstances. If I didn't take it, a competitor would. I asked him. Mr Mackey said it was from a bank robbery. And we both laughed. Then he said something about a will. We can't trace any record of a will. Mr Mackey appears to have no surviving kin. Do you remember how he was dressed that day? Uh, casual, I'd say. 
but presentable. Do you have any idea where the money might have come from? Not the slightest. Mr. Mackey committed suicide, sir. Lived like a tramp, then threw himself off Waverley Bridge. I'm trying to work out why. A dream come true. Yours truly in a recording studio. Maybe the Robinson Crusoes would ask for a backing singer. Hugh Cordover, Lorna's husband, looked every bit the rock and roll producer. Hung over. Though it was Lorna herself doing the drinking. The next big thing. OK, lads, take a break. Which one is Peter? The handsome one. Any nephew of mine has to be... The bassist. Can I tempt you, monkey man? No, thank you. Maybe you should resist too, Lorna, dear. Oh, be quiet, Hugh. Are you shocked, Inspector, that the son is back at work so soon after the father's murder? So much more useful to hit the bottle. When did I ever need the excuse of a death in the family? Though, if it was yours, my dear husband, it would call for the best champagne. <coughs> Peter's mother, Billy Collins... Has the family been in touch with her? Well, she can buy a paper, can't she? she a suspect? Do you want her to be? The more, the merrier. For God's sake, Lorna. Hey, are we recording here or what? Sorry about your father. Bad mood for a politician. Now, if you've been in my business... What age were you when your parents separated, Peter? Too young to remember. But they stayed close for the sake of the child. Something like that must still hurt. How would you know? I left my wife. She had to bring up her daughter. And how's she doing now? The daughter? Okay. Now? Kinda. Peter, can you tell me? Your dad? Did he have any enemies? Anything worrying him? He wouldn't have told me. By the way, cool stage name, Griefs. Thank you for your visit, Inspector. Tea and scones whenever you want. Next time, invite the vicar. So tell me, where do you drink in this city? Not your kinds of places, Miss Grieve. No Miss, no Mrs, and sadly, no longer Miss. Lorna. Oh, I'll drink anywhere. Really? The Oxford? The Maltings? Sound classy. You never know. Strange monkey man, I have this urge to kiss you. I bet you say that to all the boys. I imagine it's not encouraged. A chaste peck on the cheek? Hmm, the vicar would approve. Did you like young Peter's music? I never heard much of it. You will. Their new single, Final Reproof. Final Reproof? Sounds like an angry young man. Siobhan? Oh, you're back. I've been to the hostel in the grass market. Inspector Forensics have checked out. Oh, whoa, form an orderly cue, girls. You your skeleton first, Wiley. Siobhan, we'll do your millionaire tramp in a minute. Sir, Forensics reckon there was so little blood in the fireplace where Skelly was found that he must have been murdered somewhere else first. 
Couldn't it just be that 20 years have wiped away the traces? They don't think so. One other thing. There's a laser technology lab in Glasgow. They can use a skull no matter how old and build up a computer image of what a victim would have looked like. The wonders of technology. Thing is, part of the university, they charge... Oh, don't tell me how much. I'll get flat no matter what. Now carry on, Ellen. Doing a grand job. OK. OK, Siobhan, the tramp. Yeah, Christopher Mackey. We have a name. And that's about it. Brings in nearly half a million in notes to the building society. Lived in a hostel in the grass market. Woman there says he was a nice, quiet man, not suicidal, in her opinion. But she was wrong. No next to kin. What happens to Dosh? Goes to the treasury. <laughs> Need justice. However, she did have a photograph. That's him. Mischievous look to me. Mm, like he's in on a secret. Oh, I have to go. I'll fancy a coffee after. Coffee? I'll have a date. Don't tell me no. Bye, Inspector. Me? No. I'll never give the money, Siobhan. It's a matter of principle. You know, some of the tramps in Edinburgh make more than you or I do. <laughs> you reckon? Oh. You can make 200 a day on Princess Street. What? Sorry, no good at small talk. <laughs> Unlike other coppers. You work as hard as I do, you get promotions. But not friendships, colleagues, bodies, where you. Yeah? ACC came to see me today. Lucky you. Yeah? He says, good work, Derek, keep at it. Well, maybe this will be the case that makes my name. Listen, fancy a bite to eat? Oh, sorry, Derek, I can't. Oh, I hoped we'd make a night of it. You're meeting somebody. Hot date. Bell and Sebastian on the hi-fi. Last chapter of a mileage, your novel, Women Talking Dirty. Oh, I wouldn't have thought that you... That's <laughs> not what it sounds. The title's a joke. Uh, as a matter of fact, though, I do know of Bell Sebastian. Bell and Sebastian. There are two of them. I've uh, got a CD player in my car. Oh, the mod cons. Personally, I like the cores, but uh, somebody left that Sebastian album in the car. <laughs> Living the dream, Derek. And I have to go with her. There are sandwich left from this afternoon. You never know when the ghosts will come. But I have a feeling I should stay away from the flat tonight. They'll be settling themselves in on the sofa. Villains, dead colleagues, dead relationships. The midnight jury condemning me for every bad decision I have ever taken. They'll be out there, the living, dining in restaurants, joking and gossiping in better lip pubs than this one. Siobhan and Linford. She should stick in there. For her career. Cheers. You have a drink yourself? I'm good, thanks. Waking up, where she's losing it, where she's losing it. And the first cup of coffee since the washing up, oh yeah, she's losing it. 
Surely you can release my son's body now. It's awful to have someone die and not be able to bury them. You have to understand, Mrs. Grieve. The pathologist needs to do his work. Then why did you come here? I'm sorry. We'll have more questions. Not now. I can't. Oh, it's okay, Mum. You go and rest. I'll talk to the officers. Don't treat me like a child, Lorna. Sorry. Drink? No. He speak for the pair of you, monkey man? Did Roddy drink? You mean like me? The bar he was in the night he died. He was drinking alone. I'm not the best judge, but I'd say Roddy was a bit of a beginner. What about your other brother? Alistair. What's he got to do with this? Does he know about Roddy? Have you been in touch? No. All we get is a card now and then. Mum's birthday without fail. And no, reading the postmark doesn't help. They come from all over the world. Either he moves around a great deal or he gets people to send them for him. Well, there's a man who doesn't want to be found. If you knew him, you wouldn't be that surprised, Inspector Rebus. Never was the family kind. Sorry, can I use your toilet? On the landing. Does your mother still paint? Tinkers. Sorry, ma'am. Oh. Everything all right? Who are you? Oh, the policeman. I was looking for something. Perhaps I can help. If I could remember what it was, I, I get so confused these days. It's a terrible shock. Roddy was such a dear. Such a gentle boy. Are these your paintings? No. Lorna's. When she was a child, she dabbled. Didn't last long. Shame. And Alistair? Wasn't the least interested. But as a subject, Alistair was a painter's challenge. That angelic tearaway look. I never managed to capture that. Why did he leave home? What? Oh, I... I still don't think he ever really did. Everything all right up there? Your mother's just lost something. Inspector, I've lost everything. Cappuccino? Black? Not that you can tell the difference. Black. Okay, Chris Mackey's doctor. <clears throat> Very few visits. Facial cut, flu, probably man flu. Athlete's foot. No, no, no sugar. Nothing drinking or smoking related? Nope. She's a tramp, for God's sake. Vagrant, sir. No drugs, no fights, so far as his doc knows. But the records only go back to 1980. Before that, he was registered with a GP in Crouch End, or so he said. When the Edinburgh practice tried to contact the London one, turned out it didn't exist. Well, that's dead vagrant is leading you a merry dance, Siobhan. Oh... <sighs> Register House has no record of our Christopher Mackey. No national insurance number. 1980, registered with a doc. A year he invented Chris Mackey? The closest I got to him was the night he jumped off the bridge. Since then he's been moving further and further away from me. A figment? 
by someone with something to hide. I'm chasing shadows here. Well, give me one good reason not to write up your report and close the case. I can give you 400,000. Rebus, remember Archie Ewer? Yeah, the apparatchik Roddy Grieve beat to the Labour nomination. He had a heart attack yesterday. I'm going to pay him a visit in the hospital. Shouldn't take him flowers. Has he brought you flowers lately? <sighs> Haven't seen him since the restaurant. Oh, apart from the message on my phone. Hope you got over whatever it was that was bugging you. <sighs> As if it was my fault he was a plumber. <laughs> half and a half, Margaret. Friend of yours over by. Where? Who? Said she knew you. Fancy seeing you here. Miss Grieve. Well, let's do a deal. I'll stop calling you Monkey Man if you stop calling me Miss Bloody Grieve. <laughs> Never been here before. Just been hearing about the legendary owner. Didn't serve women or people with English accents. <laughs> Think I would have liked him. Pubs are great places for tall stories. Hmm. You're popular tonight. Police women at the door this time. No. Right. Give me a minute, Lorna. Sorry to bother you, sir. You're keen, Wiley. I'll grant you that. I was passing and there was a question I wanted to ask, but I see you're busy. That's all right, Wiley. Police work isn't nine to five. Been on the trail of builders. Yeah. A firm called Wallace's worked on Queensbury House in 79. Andy Wallace. <laughs> Bar a boy, if ever there was one. I never realised builders like to talk so much. I've had several history lessons. Rubbish strike, teacher strike. The winter of discontent. Great days. And how if devolution had gone ahead back then, it'd all have made a fortune? Well, they will now. Any leads? One, maybe. That's what I wanted to ask. Mr Wallace said most of the work was done by a firm called Coghills. Including the fireplaces, Skelly's last resting place. Probably. But Coghills went bust... Wallace said it was because they fell foul of Mr Big. He also said you'd explain what he meant by that. Jer Cafferty? Not in 79. His predecessor was Bryce Callan. He, how shall we put it, retired around that time. As far as I know, he's still sipping pina coladas in the Costa del Crime. If he's still alive. How would Cockhills have run foul of him? Protection, maybe. Only one way to find out. Find him. If he's still with us. I'd find out who worked on the Queensbury house job. And if any of them fell into the fireplace? Have fun. I'll buy you a drink. No, thanks. I'd better... Sir, the women you're drinking with in there? Pure coincidence. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Good night. Sorry about that. No, you're not. I've just been soaking up the atmosphere. This place, it's very you. Not bad. There's a darkness in you, Rebus. I bet you have trouble sleeping at night. Am I right? Though my soul may set in darkness, it will rise in perfect light. You're quoting me poetry. Or a line from a song. Can't remember. Ah. Same again? Here I am again. Will I never learn? Wine? Whiskey? How much did we have before we even left the pub? No memory of her leaving. But she was definitely here, wasn't she? Did we... Yes, damn, of course. 
Egypt. When did she go? I probably woke her with my snoring. Did she sleep at all? Another great decision by D.I. John Rebus. Slept with Lorna Grieve. Twenty years ago, I'd have been doing cartwheels right now. Twenty years ago, I didn't have dodgy knees and a beer belly. And Lorna Grieve wasn't part of a murder inquiry. This gets out your history, old man. I know you were arrested in August 1997, and I'm not interested in that. Aye, well... Better no be, Ken. Just because I'm a homeless person doesn't mean I'm stupid. You were arrested with this man here. Both of you for lewd behaviour in a public place. <laughs> oh, they were the days. When the steps of St Giles. We were wild back then, me and Mackey. So you did know Chris Mackey? Couldn't have tell you that was his first name. I just Mackey to me. When did you last see Mackey? Desiderata. Mouthfully. My ma was a nutcase. Desi. A few weeks back, Ken. I heard what he'd done. Why would he do that, Desi? Kill himself? Why does empty? Because you gee in. I tried it once. Cut my wrists. Not enough, but... And when you saw him, how did he seem? Fine. Then again, nobody knew Mackie. No, really. He'd tell you stories, Ken. Maybe that's all they were. Stories? The places he'd been. America, Singapore, Australia. I, I think he had been in America. And he knew London, that's for sure. I got the feeling he was just... passing through, Ken. Like there was somewhere he could go. Like he was homeless by choice rather than necessity. He gave me this. Yonks ago. A prezi for Daisy. Nice briefcase. That's real leather, by the way. Did Mackie steal it? Oh, what you like? Probably. I don't again. No, whoever's this was, the initials have been... Scraped off. Oh? Aye? Never noticed that. A. DC? Could be. ADC? Mackie's real name? Mrs. Ewer? You're a doctor. DI, Derek Linford, ma'am. I was sorry to hear about your husband. Are they operating now? Damn family. Last to know. Were you hoping to talk to him? For why? Roddy Grieve. Bloody thought it might be. He's the reason Archie's in hospital now. His birthright snatched from him at the last moment. Everyone agrees. My Archie should have been the MSP candidate. And now the vacancy's open again, Archie's too sick to stand. Kind of morning just made for a long drive. Washed out sky, wee coat in the clouds. Allman Brothers. No better way to clear the head. Time travel. St Andrews. Childhood holidays. A neighbour used to give us a lift. 
Dad up front, me and my brother and my mum squashed in the back with canvas bags, beach balls, towels over our legs. Final destination, a caravan site. Going to the lavvy at night time, the place skittering with moths and daddy long legs, the Glasgow Fair. Could never figure out if the fair bit was some kind of festival or good weather. Never saw any sign of a fiesta in St Andrews and it certainly rained often enough. Splashing in the North Sea, turning blue, waving at ships that Dad said were Russian spies. Inspector Rebus. Billy Collins. It's such a nice day, I thought we'd go for a walk. Good thinking. Lisa Jenkins, have you finished that homework yet? Very good, on you go. Walk! No running. Sorry to interrupt your lunch break, Miss Collins. Billy, please. Must be important if you've come all the way from Edinburgh. But then, Roddy Grieve was an important man. That caravan site up there. Kinkel Brace. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Our haunted tower was over there. St Rules. Just over the cathedral wall. Everything seemed further apart when I was a boy. You want to talk to me about my past, Inspector? And that's a painful subject. Roddy and I met too young. Undergrads here. Maybe that's why I've come back. The only place we were ever really happy. When Peter was born, it was the worst time. Roddy was snowed under at work. We were living at his parents' house in Edinburgh. I had postnatal depression. It was a living hell. Roddy immersed himself in work. <laughs> at least he had an escape. Not a drink. That too. What makes you ask? Lorna says he wasn't much of a drinker. Perhaps not by Lorna's standards, as you may have gathered. Lorna and Alicia, they won't hear a word against their boys. Yes, Roddy drank. A lone drinker. Bottles hidden in his study. The Greaves like to protect the brand name. <laughs> they suffocated us. Our marriage... The boys, you said. Did you know Alistair? Can't blame him for leaving. When was that? 79. You know why? He had a business partner. Frankie, Freddie. They went off together. Lovers? I didn't believe it. <laughs> Nor did his mother. Not that Alicia would have minded in the least had he been gay. Bit of a boon in the art world. Alistair never got the art bug. <laughs> Far too down to earth for that. He owned a restaurant at one point. Dabbled in property. I think that was Frankie or Freddie's line. Got up to all sorts, Alistair. Apple of his mother's eye. When I was a kid, I never wanted to leave St Andrews. These days, I want to get home before nightfall. There's a darkness in me, Lorna Greaves said. Darkness can make you forget what's in front of your eyes, can swallow a whole caravan site, the beach, the park, the tower. It can swallow crime and grieving and remorse.
bodily functions, Linford. A hint of humanity. I have so dreaded this. Stuck in the men's room with you. Men's room? That what you yuppies cry it. Well, I be the lavy to me. You talked to Billy Collins? She had about as much light as an asbestos candle. Not that you tell me anyway, even if she confessed. It's the way I work. I'm the best thing that could have happened to you, Linford. Oh, this sounds good. I prefer not to chat while you're otherwise engaged. <laughs> Life's messy, son. Get used to it. Think about it. Case solved, you take the credit. Case unsolved, you lay the blame on me. Every time I refuse to share information with you, you should make a note. Unbelievable. Pariah status actually gives you a thrill. Sir, Dean Cockhill's dead. A tragic life you lead, DS Wiley. Ten years ago. But his widow remembers Bryce Callan. Lucky her. Protection, yes? She says Dean was the only one who stood up to Callan. Strain finally killed him. Surprised Callan didn't get there first. Mrs Coggill's kept all Dean's paperwork. A whole garage full of it. Boxes and boxes. Bye, Wiley. Have fun. Justice for the skeleton in the fireplace. Sir. Dossers kill themselves every day. But there are suspicious circumstances, sir. Are there, Siobhan? The money's a mystery, that's all. Life's full of them. You've been working with John Rebus too long. Sir? You're looking for something that probably doesn't exist. The money exists. Chris Mackey, a vagrant, walks into a building society and deposits it all in cash. A rich eccentric. He erased his past like he was in hiding. Couple more days, Siobhan Max. Got it? Chief's super retiring. It's like he just doesn't care anymore. Good on him. Well, you were cosy with Watson. I was having a lovely chat with your ardent suitor. Oh, I don't want to talk about him. Okay. You suggest a topic of conversation. The press call him Supertramp. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Saw them in concert once. Who? Supertramp. They were a. Oh, never mind. <sighs> he was so. Organised about everything. Neat wash bag. Clean for a vagrant. And he even folded his newspaper neatly. Ah, it's like he was acting the part. Hold up that paper. That's how he had it folded. Well, look at the story, it's open it. Body found in fireplace. Could have been reading the other page. Congestion on Lothian Road. Doubt it. You think Mackie had some interest in your skeleton? Well, a body in Queensbury House dates back to 79 or 80. A year later, Supertramp is born. And then, after nearly 20 years, he suddenly decides to top himself. Having read the story in the paper. How are you, Sammy? You all right? <laughs> you really hate talking about your private life, eh? Nonsense. I talk about it all the time. To myself. Waiter, uh, another glass of white, please? And another pint. Aren't you driving? It's only my second. My vision doesn't start blurring to around my fourth. Uh, how long before it starts affecting your work? Get to Siobhan. I could stop drinking tomorrow. But you won't. Or stop smoking or cheating at crosswords. So... 
Queensbury House. Oh, congratulations. A whole 20 minutes without office talk. It's what you want to talk about too. Two murders, 20 years apart, now Supertramp. You're turning three cases into one. Oh, cheers, pal. Do you bring us a bill, please? I'll drive you home. Oh, now I'm scared. Funny. All these years, that's the first time I'd ever seen Siobhan's flat. I only got a glimpse from the door, but let's say it wasn't quite like mine. Everything neat, in order, freshly hoovered. Framed prints on the walls, bookcase by the door, Kerouac, Camus, Casey. Too happy for my liking. Nice place. Yet far as I know, she never invites anyone in. Now, there's something we do have in common. Hang on. Is that... And then I saw a problem we share too. Derek Linford, entering the close across the street from Siobhan's. Coincidence? Who would he know there? Well, hello there. I thought you lived in Dean Village. Rebus. I was visiting a friend. Yeah? Who's that then? Christy. Top flat. You want me to go check, Linford? You're a peeping Tom. Don't be ridiculous. How long's this been going on? Hand over the camera. Oh. Oh no, the light's got in. I've ruined all my photographs of Arthur's seat. At least you learned something from training. Destroy the evidence. Except there's a witness. To what? And anyway, your word against mine. Who are they going to believe? Everyone knows you make the rules up as you go along. And that you hate me. You'll say nothing. You hear? Policeman taking dodgy photos of a female colleague. Doesn't make for a good night's sleep. Best to keep working in the badlands of Gorgie, the centre of Big Jer Cafferty's empire. Or was. Cafferty's locked up safely in Barlinny Prison. My finest day. But his operation still flourished, under the control of a man called the Weasel, until Big Jer comes home. Not for a long, long time. Perhaps never. Weasel, my man. Rebus, what do you want? How nice to see you. You're around in the late 70s, Weasel. Your boss was around. Small beer in those days. What do you want to know? Bryce Callan was running things back then. Cafferty was his muscle. Callan have a spot of bother with a builder called Dean Coghill. And what the hell's this got to do with me? Why should I tell you anything, Rebus? Because you like me. <laughs> Aye, that'll be right. Here's someone who does like you. Come see. You know that feeling you get when you see a car crash? You want to look away but can't. You don't have to die to be a ghost. The living can haunt you too. I followed Weasel into that room like a man walking to his own execution. I knew exactly what lay behind that door. 
In Rebus, set in darkness, dramatised by Chris Dolan from the novel by Ian Rankin. D.I. Rebus was played by Ron Donaghy. Siobhan Clark by Gayanne Potter. Linford, Martin McBride. Lorna, Juliet Cadzo. Wiley, Amira Darwish. Billy Collins, Julie Austin. Alicia, Leslie Mackey. Watson, Douglas Russell. And Dr. Kurt by Greg Powry. Other parts were played by the cast. Rebus, Set in Darkness, was a BBC Scotland production directed in Glasgow by Bruce Young. You're trying to turn three cases into one, Rebus. Why not? A murder in 1979, another murder 20 years later, and a suicide. It's coincidence, surely? I don't believe in coincidence, Linford. There's a darkness in you, Rebus. I bet you have trouble sleeping at night. Am I right? Though my soul may set in darkness, it will rise in perfect light. You quoted me poetry? Or a line from a song? I can't remember. Same again. <laughs> Another great decision by D.I. Rebus. One night stand. 20 years ago, I'd have been doing cartwheels. 20 years ago, I didn't have dodgy knees and a beer belly. And the lucky lady wasn't part of a murder inquiry. This gets out your history, old man. Rebus, set in darkness. Dramatised by Chris Dolan from the novel by Ian Rankin. Episode 2. Best to keep working in the badlands of Gorgie, the centre of Big Jer Cafferty's empire. Or was, Cafferty's locked up safely in Barlinny Prison. My finest day. Cafferty! <laughs> Put him in the back, boy. <coughs> Well, quick now, Inspector. You and me are going for a wee drive. Don't panic, strong man. Bit of a mystery tour, that's all. Heard the place has changed since I've been away. New Parliament and everything. Regeneration. Music to my ears. How did you swing it, Cafferty? You're supposed to be in Berlin. Head for Leithrab. Leith it is. Maybe the Governor didn't like it that I was running the show. <laughs> I mean, his own screws were giving Big Jer more respect than they gave him. So prison didn't teach you humility. <laughs> OK. I dare say it was good behaviour and uh, then operable cancer. If only. Funny, isn't it? I used to carry around pictures of women in my breast pocket. Now I carry uh, my death certificate, an X-ray. The dark area's what you're looking for. What I'm looking for, Cafferty, is your name on this. <laughs> He's all hot, eh, Rab? He's a peach. <laughs> Rab got out the week before me. Best pals inside. Eh, Rab? One minute you're in the bar, L. Next you're in a beamer. See, Dad, look after you, didn't I? Aye. The city's changed, Stroma. I get the feeling you haven't. Prison always changes a man. In my case, I brought on the big sea. How long do they say? Oh, time enough for us to get reacquainted. 
God, it's good to be out. And right now, I don't care what got me here. Now, you've been sniffing round my office. Why you tell me why? Trying to get in touch with an old mate of yours, Bryce Callan. There's a name for the crypt. He's in Spain, isn't he? Is he? Oh, don't give us a cafferty. I hear you still pass on a little percentage to him. And why would I do that? He's got family, hasn't he? Let them look after him. The name Dean Coghill ring any bells? I knew the man. A body turned up in a fireplace in Queensbury House. They're turning it into part of the new parliament. Body's been there twenty odd years. There was building work going on there in 78 and 79. Coghill's firm was doing it. What's that going to be, Bryce Callan? I hear that Callan and Coghill crossed swords. Wouldn't you fancy Coghill's chances there? Why don't you ask him yourself? He's dead. Are you always digging up corpses, trauma? One fit in the past, and the other one in the grave. Cafferty, yours is one corpse I'll be happy to leave rotten. Pull up, Rap. Good night, Rebus. What a time for Jer Cafferty to re-enter my life. His shadow seems to loom all over the city again. The second murder we were investigating was Roddy Greaves, a Labour candidate for the new Scottish Parliament. I'm not sure this is a good idea. Maybe Linford should be the one to talk to Lorna Greaves. Look, Siobhan, I've told You're you... You're involved with her, sir? I am not involved with her. Oh, you saying you didn't sleep with her? Keep your voice down. What does it matter if I did? This is a murder case. She's a victim's sister, and now you're going to question her. She isn't a suspect. Isn't she? Since when? Place is a mess. Mrs Greaves, do you remember me? Of course I do, the policeman. And this is DC Clark. Pleased to meet you. Uh, we're actually here to see Lorna. I'm here. Hello again. Yeah, hi. Excuse all the boxes trying to do a spring clean. She wants to sell my paintings. Mother, for heaven's sake, I don't need the money. I want them clean and reframed. Her husband needs the money. Oh, give me strength. What do you two want anyway? I hope you're here to arrest me. Anything would be better than her. You can always go to your own home. And leave you wallowing here in self-pity. Can't have that, mummy dearest. You're a monster. Which makes you Dr Frankenstein. And a drunk. And a slut. She threw herself at every man she ever met. I still do. Don't I? <clears throat> Perhaps we've come at a bad time. <laughs> Oh, look, we're scaring the filth. Isn't that precious, Mother? Did you realise we had such power? <laughs> Come on, Clark, this is pointless. Oh, don't be such a baby. I'll put these back. No, you're right. We'll have them looked at, reframed. Must be 40 years since I painted some of these. Now, you, what? Clark, tell her. Uh, I've been investigating the suicide of a homeless man. Who seems to have been reading an article about Roddy's murder just before he jumped from Waverley Bridge. This, this wouldn't be super tramp by any chance. Remember, Mother, it was in the papers. The tramp who died with a fortune in the bank. Yeah, he called himself Chris Mackey. That name familiar to you at all? This is a photograph of him. Oh, give it to me. Nope. Neither the name nor the face. Now, there's no easy way to ask this, Mrs Grieve, but it couldn't be your other son. 
He disappeared so long ago. Alistair? What the hell are you talking about? Alistair's got fair hair. Looks nothing like this. Let me see. It'll only upset you. It's nothing like him. Put this away, officer. Are you sure? People can change in 20 years. People can change overnight. I'll show you, Alistair. Come with me. Down here. It's a beautiful garden. This is the old outhouse. Our secret place when we were kids. Then Mother turned it into a studio and we were locked out. This is where you work, Mrs Grieve. Not so often these days. They're in that pile. Over there. Where did all these come from? More paintings to clean up. These are the ones I wanted to show you. Good God. It's Alistair. And again. Again. How many are there? One for every two or three years since he left. I imagine him growing, ageing. I see him in my mind and paint him. They're wonderful. It's like watching a man move through life. And it's certainly not Chris Mackey. You never said anything. You'd have been jealous. Don't deny it. Alistair was my favourite, you see. And then when he ran away... Maybe this is my way of explaining it. Let me see that picture of your tramp. I'm not that easily upset, Lorna. There you are. Well, well, well. After all these years... You know him. Where is he? I've been so wanting to talk to him. He's dead, I'm afraid, Mrs Grieve. The tramp who killed himself, Mother. Remember? Who is it? His name is Frederick Hastings. Freddy? Let me see. I suppose it could be. Yes. Well, 20 years since I set eyes on him. Freddy? Alistair's business partner. Dead. And he could have told me where Alistair is. Tea? Thank you. Everyone thought they'd skipped off into the twilight together, hand in hand. Utter rubbish. Mother never thought Alistair was gay. I'd have rather liked it if he had been. He wasn't. But they disappeared at the same time. All we know is that when Alistair didn't turn up after a few days, we tried to contact Freddy, but he had vanished too. Did Freddy have any family? Not that I ever met. He rather adopted us, the fool. His parents died within a year of each other. Left him some money. Most of which he lost. Is that why he left? Bad debts? Possibly. And Alistair too? I don't think so. I'd have given him the money if he'd asked me. When was this? Over 20 years ago. And they ran a business together. Their last foray was into property. Made as big a mess of that as everything else. Bars, restaurants. All of them closed after a few weeks. Property? Could it have been land development? He was so determined to make us think he could manage that he was capable. When in fact he was hopeless at everything. Unlike you, I suppose. (sighs) If they ran off because they were in debt, How come Freddy had nearly half a million pounds in a briefcase just a few months later? You're the detective. You tell us. What's this got to do with Roddy's murder? Inspector Rebus thinks they might be linked. What? You think Freddy might have killed Roddy? 
Might he have had a reason? I don't know. Did Freddy and Roddy know each other? They'd have met a few times, I suppose. Did Freddy have an office? Not exactly. They had a shed somewhere in Granton, I think. Inspector, can I join you? Be my guest. I've been knee-deep in Dean Coghill's files. Good on you, Wiley. Came across a name I thought you might know. A young apprentice called Hutton. Barry Hutton. Hutton Holdings. Big deal land developer. Millionaire, isn't he? And Bryce Callan's nephew. Let his family look after him. Sir? Oh, just something an old acquaintance said. I took the initiative of going to see Mr Hutton. Seems legit. He didn't seem to know anything about the body found in the fireplace. Me too rich to read the papers. But he was on the Queensbury house job in 78. He was just out of school, trying to get a foot in the building trade. He remembers the fireplace being opened up. Straight after that job, he joined his uncle's firm. Good old Uncle Bryce gave him his first break in land development. Figures. You ought to see him now. Got a hand in redevelopment from Leith to South Gyle, sitting on top of the world as Mr Hutton. You've clearly got a talent for paperwork, DS Wiley. I've got another wee job for you. But, sir... But me no buts. Freddie Hastings, business partner of Alistair Grieve. Who's he? Brother of Roddy Grieve. But that isn't even the same case. It might be. That's what I want you to find out. Grieve and Hastings put their stuff into storage before they did a disappearing act. Down in Granton. Here are the details. Have fun. But, sir... And good work on Hutton. You're a star, Wiley. Uncle Jack. Sorry I'm late. Uncle? That's what I've always called you. Bryce Callan's your Uncle Barry. I'm just your very good mother. Seems I've cast a good spell. You're looking prosperous. Barry Hutton Holdings. Big business. We've both got something to celebrate. Champagne? Just water for me. Never drink at lunchtime. Yeah. Don't drink, don't smoke. Make all your own dresses. You got out early. I was a good boy inside. And how is Bryce? Fine, far as I know. Well, you never see him. He won't set foot back here. I know that. But you never go out there. Nice Spanish villa holiday. I can't remember my last holiday. All work and no play, Barry. And what about you? Few people come straight out of Barlini Prison to a swanky restaurant like this. I kept my business going from inside. A lot to be said for it. Now, let's you and I talk business. That's what I do. Shoot. Thanks for coming around so quick. What's up, Siobhan? Look, I shouldn't have bothered you, but I got a series of those calls. What calls? Nuisance calls. Two or three times a day. Three in a row this evening. I answer, he hangs up. He? Well, I'm sure of it. If the answering machine gets it, he waits till the thing's recording before putting the phone down. You tried 1471? Yeah, number withheld. It's not just that. I get the feeling that someone's watching me. Oh, go on. From the tenement across the road. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I see a figure every now and then from that window. The stairwell of the close. This still happening? Actually, no. It's a few days since... What do you mean, still? You know something about this? You do bloody hell! Is it Linford? Look, Siobhan... How did you know? Look, 
the time I dropped you off here last week, I saw him going to that close, I followed him up. What the hell does he think he's doing? He's been jilted, Siobhan. It makes a man crazy. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah? You make it sound like normal. I'm just trying to explain it, Siobhan. Someone jilts you, you start stalking them. For God's sake. Spy on me again and I'll rip your nuts off. You're choking me. Maybe you'd like that too, eh, you perv? Or is it just playing with yourself up close? You've got this wrong, Siobhan. DC Clark to you, toss off. Enough, Siobhan. Let him go. Let him go. <coughs> he comes anywhere near me again. I said you should have a word, not throttle a man. So you put her up to it? This is between you and me, dickhead. No one else. Oh, you think you're God's gift, don't you? That's it. You're a dead man. Stop it, Clark. What the hell's going on here? There's no point in asking me, sir. Linford will tell you a pack of lies, and even if you don't believe him, your boss will. Humour me. Siobhan went out with Linford a couple of times. Nothing serious. Then she chucked him. I dropped her off at her house one night, and as I was driving off, I saw Linford nip up a close directly opposite her. So naturally, I followed him. Naturally. He was on the close landing across from her flat, looking onto her sitting room and her bedroom, taking photographs. Bloody hell. And before you ask, no. Linford opened the camera, overexposed them. So no proof? My word against his. Then Siobhan starts receiving nuisance calls. Number unavailable. So again, no proof. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the version Linford's going to tell you. I already know what he's going to say. You do? Linford had a chat with the assistant chief this morning. Sleepy. He says you want Siobhan for yourself. Well, that's his fantasy, not mine. Yeah? You sure about that, John? Sir? Well, I know the score here. You're looking forward to retirement. You can see this far enough. Easier for you just to let the boss's blue-eyed boy get away with it. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Rebus. And would it take such a leap of imagination to think you want into DC Clark's knickers? The two of you are inseparable. I think we're finished here. Sir... Linford. Stop right there! Are you crazy? Missed your chance, Linford! Could have run me over, said it was my fault! You are seriously deranged, Rebus. <laughs> so says the peeping Tom. You told the brass I'm the one chasing DC Clark. Well, you are. Linford. You're round at her place often enough. OK, I didn't tell him the whole truth, but it's my career on the line. At least I know what I've done. You, on the other hand, or maybe you just don't know yourself. I always think the truly mad people are the ones who think they're sane. Like you. Let's change the subject. I've been doing old-fashioned detective work while you've been rubbing Siobhan better. A Mr. Bob Cowan, witness statement, the moon was nearly full that night. The night Roddy Grieve was murdered? The very same. He says he left the Holyrood Tavern around quarter to midnight. He saw 
Two men standing just outside Queensbury House. A strange place and time for a meeting, he thought. Do you get a description? Here we are. Uh, both were dressed casually. Dark jackets. One of them had trainers and close-cropped hair. Big, droopy eyes, apparently. Six feet tall, broad shoulders. What do you think? We could get a photo fit out of that. Take it around pubs in the area. It's got to be worth a go. Congratulations. Write a letter of apology to DC Clark. Stay away from the station until she's ready. Maybe tomorrow it'll be safe to show your face. Thanks, John. Beat it, Linford. God, our comfort and our hope, with heavy hearts and tearful spirits we pray to you now, and we ask you to give us strength. Not exactly a big turnout for Chris Mackey, nay, Freddie Hastings. A couple of his old homeless cronies... No sign of the grieves, I notice. We ask you to take the feelings of loss that we have, our heartache and our pain, and accept these as signs... Just as well Lorna's not here. Sleeping with a witness. Are you losing it, John Rebus? How many of the dead still bear a grudge? Hang on to their secrets? A late winter evening, the dusk too early, you start to imagine things. here in our lives and in our hearts. Touching our sorrow with hope. The ghosts here flutter around your head. Edinburgh in winter, shades and shadows. Cafferty's looming larger than any other shade. What's he up to? When's he going to make his move? Let me get this straight. Oh, I'm not sure you're asking the right man. There were three cases. A skeleton in the fireplace, my super tramp who threw himself off Waverley Bridge and MSP candidate Roddy Greaves. Yep. I can count them on the one hand. And you're rolling them into one. Too many coincidences. A body's found in Queensbury House. We know it was put there in 1979. Almost 20 years later, Roddy Greaves is killed outside Queensbury House. Yeah, but number three is a suicide, not a murder. Freddie Hastings. He becomes super tramp in what year? 1979. In life, he was the business partner of who? Alistair Greaves. That's more than coincidence. But it's all still circumstantial. And somewhere in amongst it all are our old friends Bryce Callan and Big Jer Cafferty. This city, Siobhan. Silent victims and haunted souls. Well, at least it's different from the usual pre-Christmas stuff. Pickpockets and shoplifters, muggins. Festive depression. All these long nights and dark days. People drink themselves angry. Then they unravel. And on that happy note, I leave you. Pub calling? Nightcap? Mm, better not. The English steel we could disdain Secure and valor station But English gold has been our bane Such a parcel of rogues in a nation. Never had you down as a burn, scholar, Gaffney. I'm an old Scot sentimentalist. Well, you started murdering music as well. Be nice to me, Rebus. I'm a sick man. No, as sick looking as your Barlini, pal. That's rab there, isn't it? Sleeping in a bar? Some bodyguard? Uh, when you've been in prison as long as him, you lose the capacity for drink. 
Funny you mentioning uh, Bryce Callan the other day. I should get back in touch. All in the way out there, Strawman. This may be the best chance I ever get to take a pop at you. <laughs> Stay at home, man. If you sneeze, that'd be a thousand pieces. Achoo. Bill, it's John Rebus. Oh, dear. How's life in Berlin? Sometimes I feel like one of my own inmates. The joys of being a prison governor. I take it this isn't a social call. Big Jer Cafferty. I'd never have guessed. Look, John, I know it grates when we let one back out. It's why he's out. The man's got cancer. Aye, and the Guinness boss had Alzheimer's. Cafferty's dying. You know it, and I know it. Any chance I can see his medical records? Nope. What about someone called Rab, released at the same time as Cafferty? Rab Hill. Rab Hill was not coping too well with the outside world. Excuse me if my heart doesn't bleed. Listen, Bill, put my mind at rest. Take a look at those records. X-rays don't lie. And this Rab Hill too. Background, anything you've got. Will you do that for me? You know something, Rebus? You're harder work than half my prisoners. I do my best. Thanks, Bill. Sir, we've tracked down Freddie Hastings and Alistair Greaves' business files. Floppy disks going back to 1975. Technical boys are trying to open them now. That's good work. And we've got a printout of the facial reconstruction... A skeleton? Great, let's go. And Lorna Greaves turned up at the desk. Right. You get Siobhan or Linford to see her. She's gone across to the Maltings bar. Said she'd wait there. For you, sir. I will look at the printout in 20 minutes. Orange and lemonade, monkey man. You should try this. Bloody Mary after Mary, Queen of Scots, got her head chopped off. Cheers. First one today. What can I do for you, Lorna? I want to know what's happening. We are being kept in the dark. Well, that's not true. As soon as we have anything. Don't you think I have special rights now, Inspector? Listen, maybe there is something you can help us with. Come across the station. Yes, Wiley. Let's have a look at that printout. What's the big mystery? The skeleton that was found in Queensbury House 20 years ago. We've managed to make a reconstruction of the victim's face. And... and you think it might be Alistair? Oh, my God. Sir, if it does turn out to be him, perhaps not a good idea. I've told you, we get regular postcards from Alistair. So you do? Okay, it's a bad idea. You've dragged me over here now, so let's see. Sir? Go on. <laughs> oh, you bloody idiot. You've seen Mother's paintings of Alistair. This looks nothing like him. Isn't it bad enough that I have one murdered brother? You want to kill the other one too? Oh, let me out of this madhouse. Your boss, darling, isn't just a moron. He's a vicious moron. <clears throat> I'd better go after her. D.S. Wiley. A bit of advice. Study what I do and then do the exact bleeding opposite. Leave her be. Damage is done now. Any word from the techie boys? 
They've managed to open Hastings and Alistair Greaves' 1978 and 79 files. Bids on land, mainly. Where? Carlton Road, Abbey Mount, Hillside. 1979, the devolution referendum. Parliament cited in the old Royal High School all the land round there would be worth a fortune. They took a gamble on Scotland voting yes, and they lost. Did they have that kind of money? And if they didn't... Somebody else did. Who? They seem to have done a lot of work with a company called AD Holdings. AD? Anno Domini. That's what it stands for? Doubt it. Doesn't seem to stand for anything. Company's house registration just has AD. AD, BC... BC... Could it be? Could it be what, sir? He's really losing it. You're seriously trying to tell me that all three cases are really one case? Well, at the very least, there are powerful connections. Work finished in Queensbury House in March 79. A week later, Freddie Hastings, our super tramp, and Alistair Grieve, Grieve, Roddy's brother, do a runner. The skeleton, the tramp, and the politician. But I don't understand. Nor do I, yet. Something to do with Bryce Callan, Cafferty's boss in those days. Callan's living in Spain. I want to give him a wee ring. I've got an idea. Yes? Who's this? Is that Bryce Callan? I asked first. I am Detective Inspector John Rebus, Lothian and Borders Police. I'd like to speak to Mr Bryce Callan. You lot have better manners than I remember. That'll be the customer relations training, sir. <laughs> I also have Chief Superintendent Watson with me. What is this? A party? Good day, sir. Is it OK if we record this, Mr Callan, just for our records? You might have a record, pal, but my sheet's clean. What's this about? It's about a company called AD Holdings. Mr Callan? This tape won't be used in a court of law. No reason it would be, sir. OK. Fire away. AD Holdings is your company? Nope. I had a few shares, I think. AD were buying up parcels of land around Calton Hill in the name of another company run by a Mr Freddie Hastings and a Mr Alistair Grieve. You're going back how far? Late 1970s. It's a question of a sum of money. Money? £400,000. We're trying to find a home for it. You are? The aforementioned Freddie Hastings was developing property with AD Holdings in the late 70s. Subsequently, he lived as a down-and-out. What? He didn't spend the money? Maybe he was holding it for someone. Maybe he was afraid. The point is, we've deduced that Freddie was working for you, Mr Callan. He had no family, no will. The Treasury gets to claim the money if nobody else does. That would be a shame. Well, maybe I had more than just a few shares in AD. Well, I need more than that, Mr Callan, to ensure we're getting this money to the rightful owner. Aye, well, they did take money off me. And then, the scarpered. You notified the police, of course. <laughs> oh, aye, sure. Why do you think I used Hastings as a front in the first place? You lot were always accusing me of all sorts. You were intending to develop the property bought by AD Holdings? Had there been a yes vote, but there wasn't it. So you'd have needed planning permission. Freddie and Alistair might have found that easier to secure. Oh, well, like I said, all those false accusations against me. 
I don't suppose there's any chance you have some paperwork proving that you gave Freddie Hastings nearly half a million pounds. I might have. Excellent. Then I think we can proceed. So, can I claim the money then? Well, just to clear up another matter, Freddie Hastings committed suicide the day after prospective MSP Roddy Grieve was killed. He was Alistair's brother. So? This was shortly after a corpse was found in an old fireplace in Queensbury House. Aye. Your nephew, Barry Hutton, was working there at the time. Scotland didn't get devolution in 1979. The land A.D. Holdings had bought wasn't going to be a gold mine after all. What's that got to do with Barry? Well, the body was put in the fireplace at the same time Mr Hutton was working there. As well as devolution not happening, you discovered that Freddie Hastings had been skimming. I doubt. Hold on there. So I have two questions, Mr Callan. Whose body is it? And why did you have him killed? You lousy, conniving wee bastard! You've no intention of handing over that dosh. You see, when I get my hands on you, what's your name again? Rebus? There'll be blood and snorters and a weeping widow! Siobhan, all the better for not seeing you. Linford, you're not going to be all pals again. You're lucky she didn't report you for harassment. Let's stick to business, eh? We've made a connection between Bryce Callan and Alistair Grieve and Freddie Hastings. How? What connection? Are you keeping something from me, Rebus? Of course not. In fact, I can give you some information we've just picked up from a foreign contact. You need to look into Barry Hutton. Callan's nephew who worked on Queensbury House. You want me to get onto Hutton? Why me? Is this some kind of test? Yeah. You're getting a suspicious mind, Linford. Good. Maybe you're turning into a real cop. Thought we might take another drive. You bought a new motor? Jaguar XK8. What, you think I stole it? You're not better off hiring, given your condition. <laughs> I'm indulging myself. You come on, Inspector. No rap. Didn't they think I need a bodyguard? Now you're insulting me. Get in. We can have a wee chat about Bryce Callan. Callan. Aye, we spoke on the phone. He knows you're out. Like a good expat, he keeps abreast of Scottish affairs. I'd bet a year's wages there's nothing wrong with you, Cafferty. You think so? Aye, I do. How was your wee chat with Mr Callan? All you need to know is you're after the wrong man. It's Hutton, his nephew, you should be looking at. Or is it you, Cafferty? You're feeding me Hutton. Why would that be? <laughs> Rebus, you'd ignore a crime in front of your nose just to get me. I'm doing you a favour here. Get you a bit of glory and keep Bryce Callan from killing you. Hutton's your man. And Edinburgh's honourable city council. Rebus. I'm following Hutton. You're doing what? I said look into him, not surveillance. He's in a pub in Leith. Went in there with a dodgy-looking character. Been in there for an hour and a quarter. Which pub? There's no name above the door. Bellman's. 
Stock and Siobhan isn't training for tailing a player like Hutton. And, and anyway, it's illegal. Don't patronise me, Rebus. He knows you're following him, son, believe me. And now so do his thugs. Do not go into that pub. I'm on my way. There's no need. I'll be there. Do nothing. Whatever Rebus says, do the opposite. Rebus. John, it's Bill Nairn. Bill, can we make this quick? I'm on my way out. I've got an address for you, for Rab Hill. Ben Moore Hotel. Berlinny to the Ben Moore? Cafferty must be picking up that bill. And Hill's medical records? Nothing much. I complained a while ago about a dicky stomach. He had some tests done, all clear. Wasn't sent to the same hospital as Cafferty by any chance? Yes, but I don't really see what that's got to do with it. Don't you? Sir. Sorry, Bill, got to go. Lindford's been attacked. That quickly? He's been taken to the infirmary. How is he? He's not good. Did he say what happened? No, his jaw's broken. He can't talk. Something about being hit from behind. The doctors have pumped him full of drugs now. But he managed to write something down. Rebus knew I was there. Meaning? Meaning he thinks I did it. Nobody else knew where he was. But it has to be who he was following. It stands to reason. It's one of Hutton's thugs. But that's not the way Lindford sees it. I phoned him, he gave me his locus. I said I was on my way. Either I whacked him or I set him up. But why would you? Revenge, sheer badness, jealousy. Over me? Whoever did clobber Lindford wasn't happy about being followed by the police. Hutton's men would have spotted Lindford a mile off. Three deaths, all of them connected to property deals back in the 70s and then in the 90s. Barry Hutton, in the property business then and now. Which of his henchmen did he send out from Belmont's to batter Linford? And what's the bet the same thug killed Roddy Grieve? Only one way to find out. Who the hell's that? Bar's closed, beat it. Big Poe, lovely to hear your voice. I'm sure you don't want me to call out my name. Who knows who might hear? Rebus, you try to get me killed. Get in, quick. Anyone finds out I'm alone with the filth? It's a bit late to regret a career as a snitch, Bo. Barry Hutton was in here earlier. Might have been. And I'm no a snitch. Just a decent citizen doing his bit for the community. Heard it. That'll be why you make your pub the meeting place for every scumbag in town. As if I have a choice. Dump like this. Hutton was here with another man. My guess is the other one left before Hutton. Who was he? Sorry, it's more than my life's worth. Who was he? I can make your life pretty hellish too. Lorimer. Lorimer. Big guy? Bruiser? Got a first name and address? Why don't you just break my legs now? First name? Where? We're not going to get much out of this one. Vocabulary of about a dozen words, half of which would make your granny shriek. He fits the description we have, I've checked. DC Clark, meet Mr Mick Lorimer. Well known to us, previouses for assault, entering Lockfast premises, housebreaking... Ooh, talented man. Solicitor. You think you need one? Solicitor. That's quite a long word, actually. Ah, sorry, Mickey boy, we get you for six hours to ourselves. That's the law. Did you assault our colleague, D.I. Linford? Who? The man who was following you last night. <laughs> Aye, 
Some idiot was following us. Looked a bit like a polis to me. Didn't they touch him, but... But you did see him. You had a good laugh when you came in there. All that about me being stupid. But I know the cops aren't allowed to follow innocent men around the place. Did you kill Roddy Grave? Who? Maybe it was a mistake. Slip of the hand. You see, DC Clark, we know that Mick here gets the red mist every so often. <laughs> Beat it. You have a history of it, Lorimer. We also know, Mr Lorimer, that you were in the vicinity of Queensbury House the night Roddy Grave was killed. You've got nothing on me. We'll have a photo fit. You were identified in the lineup. So what? Means nothing. Are we charging Mr Lorimer, Inspector? Shut up. With what? Oh, I think so. Let's start with assault of a police officer. I know you can't talk yet, Derek, but I won't ask how you're feeling. There's no point. I just wanted you to know it wasn't John's fault. He'd never do something like that. <laughs> what happened between us, Derek? It's not going to help anyone if you... The only person you should blame is the man who did this. We've got him. Mick Lorimer. Mm. Mm -hmm. That look in your eyes. Is that for Rebus or for me? I thought you were cutting down. You thought wrong. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Whiskey's the answer to the world's problems. All done? I checked on your Rab Hill character. Cafferty's bestest new friend. Don't tell me no one's seen him around. Hotel says he's checked out. I bet he has. Not in person. Another man came in and paid the bill. Still, he's got an appointment with his parole tomorrow. I think you'll find that'll be a no-show. Then I went to see Derek. And how is D.I. Linford? It was me told him to investigate Hutton's men. You could read that as me asking him to deploy an illegal surveillance of murderous thugs. Maybe I did want the bugger hurt. No. To teach him something. What? Humility? Punish him for being a voyeur? He's made a formal complaint, John. They could suspend you. They'd have to catch me first. We're getting so close to working out this whole thing. Grieve, Hastings, the skeleton. We just need someone who'll talk to yeah, us. They're either dead, complicit or vanished. Alistair Grieve's not dead. We'd have heard if he was. He knows what happened 20 years ago. If I could find him. How? Lorna and his mother have no clue where he is. We need to coax him out with a bit of cheese. Or a funeral. My guess is he'll turn up for his brother's funeral. Wonder how many people will turn up at my graveside. Sammy? Maybe Siobhan and the chief super? Or just Cafferty to spit on my grave? Must be over a hundred folk here. Behind all the sad faces, they're wondering which restaurant they'll eat in tonight. Alistair can't be here. No matter how much he's changed, his sister and mother would recognise him. But he'll turn up. I'll wait in the sleep with my ghosts. That could be him. Or just a man visiting his own ghosts. No. That's him, all right. Evening, sir. Yes, you're at the right place. 
Excuse me? That's Roddy. But before you say your last goodbye, I'd like you to come with me. I think you have me mixed up with someone else. There's another grave you should see. Weren't so many turned out for Freddy's funeral. A couple of officers, a couple of winos. How did he die? Killed himself. Saw something in the paper and decided he'd had enough of hiding. Money? Left it untouched. Maybe he was waiting for you to show up, Alistair. Or maybe it was just the guilt. Where have you been living? On a bar in the Caribbean. How did you find me? I didn't. You found me. Your brother Roddy got us together. The paintings helped. Paintings? Your mother's been putting you on canvas ever since you left. When did you find out about Roddy? A few days after the murder. Then I saw the funeral announcement. The Scotsman online. Just as well it was me at the graveside. Not Barry Hutton. That bastard. Is he still around? Very much so. I think maybe it's time you told us. Who's the body in the fireplace? So, you know. Hutton must have put it there. He was working on Queensbury House. <laughs> Not that he did much work, just spying on us. For Bryce Callan. Callan was grooming him for better things. He did a good job. Callan was buying up land around Carlton Hill, with both eyes on the new parliament. He didn't want the planners knowing it was him. So he used you as a front? Callan had a contact in the council. He was on a promise. If the vote went no, the land would be worth no more than when he bought it. But had it been yes... And when it wasn't, Callan was left with all this land and no profit. He blamed Freddie and me for everything. Well, Freddie was playing silly buggers with the numbers, telling Callan he had to pay more than was the case. Callan found out. Wanted his money back, with interest. So he sent a man round. Called Mackey? A, a real piece of work. Chris Mackey? Yeah, I, I think so. That's what Freddie called himself all these years. So how did the real Chris Mackey end up dead? He was only meant to scare us, and he was scary. Freddie freaked, picked up a letter opener. When Mackey pulled the gun, Freddie just lunged at him. It was self-defence. He didn't mean to kill him. Then what? We dumped him in his car. Callan must have found him there, and he and Barry walled him up in the fireplace. They'd both definitely kill us now. Freddie and me agreed to run in different directions. Freddie kept the money. We were meant to meet up a year to the day to divvy it up. But you didn't make the meet. I had a different life by then. Freddie deposited the money in the bank in the name of Chris Mackey. After he read of your brother's murder, he killed himself. Hutton and Callan are getting away with this. Away with what? They didn't actually kill anyone. But they made it all happen. You're not coming out of this smelling the roses either, Mr Grieve. A contact in the council, you say? Someone in the planning department is all I know. Remember Archie Ewer? The Labour guy, furious that Roddy Grieve got the MSP nomination. He's in planning, and he's been around for years. Archie Ewer had had a heart attack just after he lost his bid for MSP. He was back home now, but wired up to monitors and drips. Interviewing a man at death's door. All the fun of the fair. How are you feeling, Mr Ewer? Fine. 
to all this bloody nonsense. I'm just going to set up this tape recorder, sir. I don't suppose you'll want tea. Thanks for the offer, but we're fine, Mrs. Ewer. Okay. Ready. Mr. Ewer, do you know a man called Barry Hutton? Property developer. As you clearly know, I run the council's planning committee. Mr. Hutton always has schemes coming before us. How long have you been a planning councillor? You know fine well. Best part of 25 years. You were on the committee in 1978 and 79. Did you come across Bryce Callan? I know his name. And Freddie Hastings? He's a bit of a wide boy, as I remember. And Barry Hutton? Never met the man. Get on with it. If you insist. You were selling developers' information, Mr. Ewer. How dare you? Be quiet, Matt. That's a strong accusation, Inspector. We know someone in the council helped Callan and Hutton secure land around the Parliament site to make sure there'd be no problems with consent. Good story, Jack and Ori. Planning decisions can make people millions of pounds. You moved into this house, and very nice it is, sir. In 1980? We bought it with the sweat of our brows. But how much more could someone make if they were planning for the whole of Scotland? (coughs) Ah, this is getting better. Is it a happy ending? You were runner-up to Roddy Grieve in the MSP ballot, weren't you? And? Were Roddy Grieve dead, you'd be a shoo-in. Probably still are when you get on your feet. See, I think 20 years ago you were Bryce Callan's mole. He and Hutton were cheating and you were their edge. Hutton's since gone legit and he had high hopes for you as MSP in charge of planning. I reckon Hutton sent round his thug Mick Lorimer, who is now in our custody, to scare Roddy into withdrawing his name from the ballot. Unfortunately, the red mist comes over our Mick and he went too far. He ended up killing Roddy Grieve. You're full of theories. Maybe it was your complicity in that murder that brought on the heart attack, Mr Ewer. Roddy Grieve's selection cheated you out of a lot of money. That's an outrage. Shut up! You've no evidence of anything. Not quite true. But yes, we could do with more. And I think you want it too, Archie. Call it legacy. A clean break. Aye. Come closer. Come on, Archie. Out with it. Nice try, son. <laughs> Archie? Oh, God, no, not again. Prominent politician dies under police questioning. I can just see it now. This is your retirement present to me, Rebus. We could hardly be expected to know the man was at death's door. And one of our up-and-coming officers lies in hospital with his face wired up. Now, if we had a case... But all you've got are theories, Inspector, for which you seem happy to kill or maim half of Edinburgh. Hang on. Nobody asked Lindford to follow Hutton. And I didn't kill Archie you. Then what did? A guilty conscience? Where the hell are you going? Solve two murders and a suicide. God help us all. We thrive and defeat straw man, us Scots. You might be right there, Cafferty. Here's me donnering down the street with you like we're two old buddies. The biggest defeat of all. This is no donner, Rebus. I'm about to solve all your problems. Why don't I like the sound of that? You should. Call it a farewell present. Whose farewell? Yours or mine? 
We all have to live with the past. Doesn't mean we have to live in it. You got a case against Hutton yet? Why are you so keen that I nail Barry Hutton? By the way, where's Rab Hill got to? He seems to have gone AWOL. Ah, I heard you'd been snooping around him. It's him has cancer, not you. You switched x-rays. They don't pay those NHS doctors nearly enough. I'm going to put you back inside. You know that. Do I? You don't have a case against Hutton or Callan. And if I ease up on you and your scam, you testify against them? Me? Testify? That's not the way to play it, Strawman. Carlton Hill? What are we doing on Carlton Hill? You taking up hill walking? I'm a fresh air man. Freddy and Alistair make a pact with a devil called Bryce Callan. Twenty years ago. Stop me when you've something to add. It goes wrong. Freddy kills a hitman and Callan dumps the body. Our skeleton. I love seeing a great mind at work. Freddy gives up waiting for Alistair to return. Racked with guilt, he banks the money and lives as a tramp, disguising himself from Callan. Are you keeping up? But twenty years later, Callan's retired. It's his nephew Hutton who runs the business now. Hutton doesn't care about the body in the fireplace. He just wants his man in the council, Archie Ewer, to be the new planning czar for the whole of Scotland. But to get that job, he first needs to get elected as an MSP. And Roddy Grieve gets the nomination over Ewer. So Roddy has to go. It all ties up. And you can't prove any of it. What the hell are we doing here? Great view from Calton Hill. Even at night. Look down there. It's almost Hogmanay, bus. We're about to welcome in 1999, not 1979. And this time, Westminster can't cheat Scotland of its parliament. Everywhere around you will be worth millions. And you're buying some of it? Shh. I'm taking a leaf out of Bryce Callan's book. A respectable going concern to front the purchase for me? Come on, there's something else to show you. Wasteland and Leith. Bit down market for you, Cafferty. Come on, strawman. Meet my business partner. This him? Rebus? Barry Hutton, I presume. This old codger caused all the trouble. Thanks for the introduction, Cafferty. Think I'll be heading back now. You're going nowhere, dipstick. Very good. Pity have your usual heavy locked up. You think you can do it without Mad Mick Lorimer? Mad Mick, right enough. Wasn't supposed to kill Grieve. You, on the other hand, hold him, Uncle Jer. <coughs> Where'll we put him? Oh, I've got plenty of sights. A nice big hole and a ton of concrete. Oh, stop! Wait! You'll stay hidden a sight longer than 20 years, Rebus. Well, somebody will. <laughs> hey, watch where you're pointing that thing. Oh, I know exactly where I'm pointing it. The hole in the ground isn't for my old body here. Uncle Jer! <laughs> what the... Caffer, eh? When you wake up, Rebus, it will all be just a bad dream. And you can't prove dreams. 
Why didn't he kill you? He didn't have to. It was Hutton's time, not mine. Did you see him do it? Not with my face in the dirt, no. I doubt you'll find a body. But Hutton's business and AD Holdings will all be under Cafferty's control now. So that's it? You're keeping stoom about Cafferty? Oh, we've solved all three cases, Linford. What is it with you and Cafferty, Rebus? You think you're an operator? Look at you, beaten to a pulp. Oh, he's not going to eat solid. Go back to your sick bed, Linford. Oh, I had to see this. Hard man, Rebus, half dead. Can you walk? Here, I'll help you. Thanks, Javon. Oh, touching. Oh, sorry, didn't catch that. Maybe when you get the stitches out. One day I'll get you fired. Both of you. Come on, John. I'll take you home. In Rebus, set in darkness, dramatised by Chris Dolan from the novel by Ian Rankin, D.I. Rebus was played by Ron Donaghy, Siobhan Clark by Gayanne Potter, Linford, Martin McBride, Cafferty, Gary Lewis, Watson, Douglas Russell, Wiley, Amira Darwish, Lorna, Juliet Cadzo, Alicia, Leslie Mackey, Hutton, Andy Clark, Callan, John Buick, and Alistair Grieve by Kenny Blythe. Other parts were played by the cast. Rebus, set in darkness, was a BBC Scotland production directed in Glasgow by Bruce Young.